0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, The UK Geek Science, Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Podcast, episode 514, taped on Monday the 4th of December 2023 at 23.50.05. Hello everyone. Yes, I'm back again so soon so soon. Well, first of all, pre-show, we're no longer doing a revisit journal or a journal of any kind, just whatever's on my mind, which to be honest is exactly the same thing. I just became tired of the title, at least for now. It's a throwback to not when I first started, but quite early on, where I'd give personal news to the listeners. Okay. When I last talked about The Star Beast, I thought I had plenty of time until the next one. Turns out, of course I didn't. It was the following Saturday, which meant I had to cram that revisit of Hammer House of Horror, Growing Pains, Before this one, I was planning to do this episode yesterday, but I did something really stupid, and if you're a podcaster, heed my warning, don't take a nap a couple of hours before your show, especially if you tape at night, because you've already had a full day, and that nap will either make you feel more tired, If you even get up, or, which is what happened to me, you won't get up at all, and you'll miss your planned slot, and you'll have to wait till the night after. In other words, the entirely usual scheduling faff, fiasco, fafasco, arose again, as per usual for my podcast. Since this episode, oh yeah, I didn't even tell you what this is about. (laughs) It's about Wild Blue Yonder, the second 2023 David Tennant Doctor Who special. The reason for one of my notorious mashup titles is Moot. So let me tweak what I said about my podcast episode titles. If they're not about a specific thing, then they will be a mashup. In fact, it's always been that way. I just forgot because I've been doing this for far too long. While we're still in meta mode, podcasts about the podcast, Spotify have dumped some stats on my lap with their wrapped scheme. They tell me that most of my listeners are in America. They also say that I've grown 75% in listenership, 75% of what, the whole? And my most popular episode ever was episode 79's A Chat with Dean Motter, creator of Mr. X, and that was back in 2015. Come on, I've done other stuff since then, and also come on UK, it says UK right there in the title of this podcast. Some more UK based listeners would be awfully nice. Before we get on to the main topic of the evening almost morning, let me give you a little follow-up from pod 512 regarding Doctor Who the Star Beast. The director Rachel Talale, of whom I said I knew nothing about. I still don't know that much, but I did have a look into it. She also directed the stinker that was Tank Girl, though in which Laurie Petty, Ice-T and Naomi Watts weren't bad, so her directing must have been pretty good. Due to my usual Poor research, although as a 2000AD fan, I connected Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons with comics, specifically 2000AD and the story Skiz, which reminded me a bit of this, although they didn't write that particular story. They are very well entangled in 2000AD. Pat Mills was the editor. I did not know that The Star Beast was originally a story Mills and Gibbons made for Marvel UK's Doctor Who Weekly, which later became Doctor Who Magazine. Titled Doctor Who and The Star Beast, it featured four, Tom Baker, a new companion called Sharon Davies, and a villain named Beep the Meep. Yes, a big furry, fake, nice-looking alien that turns out to be a lunatic. So the story is basically the same, although I haven't read it. I also have some more stuff about the Starbeast. I really didn't review it that well, did I? (laughs) In the episode, I did not mind that fourteen's Sonic Screwdriver could generate force fields. Because in the past, the Sonic Screwdriver could do many things not related to a simple lockpick. I almost said uh, that quote that Palpatine <laughs> says. What does he say? Uh, that some Jedi think unnatural or that some find an abilities that are unnatural, something like that. But yeah, the sonic screwdriver is not evil, but it is versatile. In the past, Tom Baker's sonic screwdriver could produce flames in Carnival Monsters. It could cut in Robot and Melt in The Android Invasion and presumably other things, depending on which regeneration we're talking about. I got those facts from tardis.fandom.com And finally, before we leave the Star Beast behind, I loved Donna's line. Nice to meet you, skinny man. Oh, word of advice. You can wear a suit that tight up to the age of 35 and no further. <laughs> Cheek. Ah, oh, as an aging geek and punk-ish chap. Or rather, I was a very normal-looking now. I worry about this stuff all the time, which is possibly why I'm a little too normal-looking. Possibly needlessly. What I think I should do is embrace it and enjoy growing old utterly disgracefully. Do that, my friends. Life is short. We aren't time lords. Okay, not quite ready to do Wild Blue Yonder yet, just had another thing. Doctor Who Destination Scarrow, follow-up from 5.11. I didn't know the title of the Doctor Who Children in need Special 2023 short when I covered it in 5.11. I do now. It is the aforementioned Destination Scarrow. I'm getting a bit obsessive with this stuff, aren't I? I'm dotting... All the I's crossing all the T's. Aren't I just? Okay. That's about enough waffle for now. Let us finally launch into Doctor Who Wild Blue Yonder. Another thing I haven't been doing. I haven't been giving you clips of New Who. I don't think I ever did. Maybe I did. I don't know. Not that it really matters, because <laughs> the specials are really easy to find online. Okay, talk to Wild Blue Yonder. David Tennant and Catherine Tate star in the second 2023 special. It is story 302, if you go all the way back to An Unearthly Child, which was 001. Directed by Tom Kingsley. Oh God, and yes, I know nothing about this chapter. I'm not going to look it up next time and tell you anything about Tom Kingsley. Tom Kingsley can look after himself. It was written by returning showrunner Russell D. Davies and broadcast on Saturday the 2nd of December 2023 following The Star Beast, which I talked about, although not in enough detail, in 512 our story begins with an apple boinking isaac newton on the head in the year 1666 off screen then out of earshot donna spills her coffee into the tardis console causing it to crash into the top of pre-knighted or gravity uh, gravity get onto that in a bit newton's tree the Doctor mistakenly addresses him as Sir before he's even knighted, and Donna throws him a spoiler about gravity. And when Donna and the Doctor take off, he ponders over her words, thinking back to what she says, and misheard it as Mavity, <laughs> which becomes a running joke. Donna and the Doctor take off again and crash at the edge of space inside a spaceship straight into a wall just as the TARDIS did in Destination Scaro. Narrowly escaping, the doctor sonics the TARDIS into repair mode. He does that by taking out a normal <laughs> screwdriver, jemming the lock a bit and then sticking him The sonic screwdriver, it does go into repair mode, but it also promptly vanishes taking his sonic screwdriver with it, leaving them stranded on a big derelict spaceship. They move out into the corridor, and in the very, very distant is an indistinguishable figure far down the corridor. What is it? Is it a Dalek? Is it a Cyberman? I don't know. It is something. The Doctor finds a vehicle, and he and Donna drive towards it. When they finally get to it, they find the ship manned. Well, not really manned, because it's not a man, it's a robot. So it's roboted by a single, small, silent and old robot that looks a lot like the Marvin robot from the film version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. A loud voice from the tannoy says something untranslatable and the ship reconfigures itself after the robot moves a bit and then goes still again. Getting to the end of the corridor, they find their way into the ship and into some chambers with some kind of machinery. The air goes cold, and doppelgangers of them appear. The duplicates fool the Doctor and Donna until they are revealed by their overly large arms. Comically large, scarily large arms. Look like human orangutans. Or Mr. Hide in Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, if you've read that comic. The aliens chase them until their lack of control over their new bodies makes them warp uncontrollably into strangely proportioned giants, and they become stuck in a big tangle of bodies in the corridor. Donna and the Doctor are separated as they escape, because the aliens are untangling themselves into the interior of the ship via the corridor, until all four originals and copies briefly confront each other. The pair of them escape again, but not for long, and so the Doctor tries outwitting them. He makes up a story about how the aliens are not able to cross a line of salt without counting each granule. The alien Donna falls for this ruse and begins to count, but it only works briefly. The alien doctor says they came into being to enjoy the same chaos that the beings in the populated universe, the noisy universe, seem to thrive upon as I said at the beginning that are at the edge of space there are no more stars they are at the very furthest edge of the universe if that even makes sense and the Doctor does say something about maths and I mean, science and physics condescending of course when they arrived previously and he says that to Donna which isn't much help but you get the idea there's not much out there apart from this derelict ship and these strange aliens. The Doctor and Donna escape again, this time they reach the cockpit and that is where they see the corpse of another species of alien floating outside in the vacuum. It's a skeleton in a suit, you can see the head, it's some kind of equine alien. The Doctor concludes that the alien, the new alien, sacrificed itself to prevent the hostile aliens from copying it. He also realises that the automated voice on the tannoy is a countdown because the dead captain set the ship to reconfigure itself into a bomb. To trap and destroy the evil aliens. All four... Run towards the robot, who is about to press the big red button. The explosion is triggered, but the TARDIS appears just in the nick of time to save the Doctor and Donna, only it's not the right Donna, it's the alien Donna. That is, until the Doctor sees that the alien Donna's arms are still very slightly too long. He ejects her and rescues the real Donna, just before she is engulfed in flames, and the explosion continues but now the Doctor and Donna are safe in the TARDIS, and in the control room the Doctor muses on his use of the salt superstition. They land the TARDIS at Camden Market, again just outside the Cyberdog shop that we saw in the Starbeast, There, they meet Wilfred Mott, who greets the Doctor warmly, but also says that the Doctor arrived just in time to save everyone. Around them, chaos erupts, people fight, and a passenger jet crashes and explodes. And that is it. That is what happens in Wild Blue Yonder thoughts okay let's talk thoughts i thought that this story was full of comedy and horror let's talk about that it started off very funny the running mavity gag throughout this story is comedic genius it's not that easy to come up with something that funny Another thing I found funny is seeing the doctor sadly regarding his TARDIS broken by Donna. It's like watching one spouse of a married couple upset with the other for wrecking their car. I've phrased it like that because I did think of saying blokes and their motors, but from personal experience of watching my parents, Those gender roles are reversed in our family. And if it's not between my parents, it's generational. It's between my parents and me. There's friction (laughs) between us about our respective cars. (laughs) So blokes and their motors, that's what you would initially say when you saw the doctor sadly holding on to his TARDIS. But yeah, it's not always the case. Anyway, moving on. The Starbeast, as I have said, hardly made my heart race with excitement. It was an okay episode, but it wasn't very tense. It wasn't very dramatic. This episode, on the other hand, as well as making me laugh, scared me. I was slightly disturbed by the aliens, whose proportions were all over the place. But no, what really freaked me out, what was especially dread-inducing, was the anticipation of whatever hellish thing was supposed to be at the end of the corridor. That indistinct dot, far in the distance. It was very nicely done what would you do with a camera lens to do that? Well, you want deep depth of field, don't you? However they did it, technical filming aside, it was fairly scary. And when they reach that dot, and it turned out to be an almost dead, but still slightly threatening robot, that made it funny. Horror and comedy go well together. It's like it's keeping you wildly off-balance all the time. Still on comedy, the Doctor pulls a childish gag to scare Donna by pretending to be poisoned. That is so ridiculously silly, but it was hilarious. It really made me laugh, and it nicely demonstrated the kind of friendship that they have. It's a fast friendship rather than a deeply intimate friendship. Donna does seem a lot more independent than some of his other companions. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. The two originals and copies meeting and confronting each other in a kind of square shape where Each person's on each corner, and they kind of circle around each other. That was pulled straight from Red Dwarf Can of Worms from 2016. Uh, If you're a hoovin', you're probably a Dwarfer. Okay, this is a good one. Actual physics, yes. We see energy to matter conversion in action as the creatures converted heat energy to flesh, which is why when the creatures are building up their mass, the air starts to go cold on the ship. I'm not completely sure if that's how E equals MC squared works, but at least it was an attempt at hard science fiction. Something that always bothers me about Star Trek. Their science is interesting. Oh, God, the galactic barrier? Oh, well, wait a minute. This is the edge of space where there aren't any stars. That's weird as well. Yeah, forget that. Let me just appreciate it for what it was. A little bit of hard science fiction in Doctor Who. Wilfred Mott. I did not know that Bernard... Cribbins was still alive during the filming of the specials, so seeing Wilf again was a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed that. That was a nice scene where he warmly greets the Doctor, and then it all goes pear-shaped, but (laughs) before it went pear-shaped, it was quite nice. This is the second appearance of Cyberdog, which is a very old cyberpunk-slash-goth shop in Camden Market that I must have strolled through at least a dozen times since I was a teenager. Yes, that long. What's that all about, do you think? Let me know. Will it feature in the next story? The one thing I hope they don't do is... I hope it isn't some connection to Carvanista, the Lupari. That would be far too on the nose. On the wet doggy nose. (laughs) And so, on to conclusions. The comedic screwing up of the timeline is very reminiscent of the delightful silliness of destination scaro and even more of the doctors cavalier behavior the deception with assault possibly explaining the origin of demonology salt or chalk both of those things make sense in that a careless person like the Doctor would obviously inadvertently cause a few hiccups, a few ripples in the time stream during his travels, and it is nice to see that topic explored. I think he tries not to, but he criss-crosses the space-time continuum so often. I mean, we saw that when Clara sees that model of his travels, They're all over the place. He crosses his own timelines multiple times. It's a mess. And he interferes a lot. So yes, I did enjoy that. And they explored it in a funny and interesting way. Regarding the physics, yes, I appreciated the grown-up hard science fiction and also the adult horror of this story. And it felt that an older audience than the Star Beast. The plane blowing up and the fighting at the end of the episode was a massive cliffhanger. But we only have to speculate until Saturday. So not long to find out what that's all about and who the hell Neil Patrick Harris is playing. And yes, we see... A little clip of the Saturday episode at the end of Wild Blue Yonder, but I'm not going to talk about that. Let's enjoy Saturday's episode, relatively unspoiled. Ah, I really wish they wouldn't show us clips of the future episodes. I don't like that. It's hard enough avoiding trailers online. But at least you have a choice. It's just incredibly annoying. Urgh. A bone just cracked in my neck. Partly because I'm old. <sighs> um, also because I'm irritated. Anyway, where were we? Uh, complaining about spoilers again. Okay. So that's it for Wild Blue Yonder. Just had a... Little more on the Hooniverse, yet more Hooniverse stuff, God help me. The universe continues to expand, and even though I said I wouldn't, here's another follow-up from 5.12 with even more news. And also despite the fact that I don't really do news. I've noticed a few new programs there. There's Doctor Who Unleashed, which is a behind-the-scenes show. There is Doctor Who video commentaries, in which David Tennant and producers do a, quote, fun, envision commentary on selected episodes. Well, I won't be watching that. I hate riff tracks or <laughs> commentary tracks. Doctor Who, The Bedtime Story, in which David Tennant, man, David Tennant again, does a CBeebies, Jackanory-like short for children. I might watch that. (laughs) And Doctor Who, Confidential. The -the behind-the-scenes show, which didn't they do for... New Who? Are they doing it for... New New Who, the newest Who? I don't look further into this. And behind the scenes, the TARDIS, Locations, Guest Stars and the Ninth, Tenth, and Eleventh Doctor. If you want to know even more, seek out Pods five twelve and other episodes of My podcasts too numerous to mention in my back catalogue. So I didn't list them, but it's all over the place now. I've talked about the Hooniverse until I'm blue in the face. (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to do it anymore. So what's next? Next up on my pod will be the final 2023 David Tennant special, Doctor Who, The Giggle, on the 9th of December. In a few days, followed by Fifteen, for Fifteenth Doctor, Shuti Gatwa, and his first episode on Christmas Day. Despite appearances to the contrary, this is not exclusively a Doctor Who podcast. I'm covering all the stories of old Who in chronological order in my revisit, but not new Who. However, the 60th anniversary of the series and a new Black Doctor and Russell T Davies returning are momentous events, much like the importance of Jodie Whittaker as the first female Doctor. So, at least until Shooty Gatwa's first episode, I will be talking about New Who. If I can squeeze in some classic Doctor Who or Hammer House of Horror revisits between The Giggle and Shooty's Christmas Day debut, consider those unexpected bonuses. To be honest, it's fairly unlikely that will happen. But just in case, by some miracle I have some extra time, maybe. But probably not. That also goes for my semi-traditional holiday shows. While I have lots of shows lined up for the Christmas period, none will be taped on any of the national public holidays. Because this year I want to relax and not worry about podcasting schedules. Churning out so many pods as a solo podcaster is onerous, so please consider supporting me through Ko-Fi. And man, yeah, every year I end up doing all these shows. Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve Eve. (laughs) Yeah, just too many. And it's tiring and I should be enjoying Christmas and not worrying about work. You will have a lot to listen to, though, so if you get bored during Christmas, yeah, listen to one of my episodes. Or three of my episodes. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas yet, because you will hear from me before then. And you will hear me talking about The Giggle fairly soon. So until then, that is it. The show is... Is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matour, writer. Matour spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymatour.com. If you want to help, because you are a lovely person, please review and rate the show magnificently on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy if you hate the show. I could always do with more listeners or click on the contact or support link on the website. Yes, you can support me with a little contribution on Ko-Fi. doesn't cost much, and it helps me out. Thanks for tuning in to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek, Science, Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Podcast episode 514 taped on. Monday, the 4th of December, 2023, and ending on Tuesday, the 5th of December, 2023, at 0032.22. As always, I really appreciate you listening. My numbers seem to be going up very, very slightly. Not as much as they did in the early days. But it is something. And that's it. I'm still here. Why haven't I said goodbye? Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.